everybody, and welcome to the greatest fantasy baseball show you can ever listen to in January. It's Under the Radar! With me as always, my friend and yours, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. Happy New Year and happy Season 3. Your friend and mine, Derek Arriba. Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy to be back. DVR's got a column up on the site. Go check it out. It's good stuff. That's all I, I got. Eat. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Stockwatch. Risers and fallers, I think we uh, we called it. I don't know. we got to fill in so many titles and places now. Could be Stockwatch. Could be Risers and Fallers, depending on what you read. Anyway, we got a good show today. We're going to continue our uh, our ADP talk from last show. Um, breaking news. I started a best ball 10. We're in round three. And I got to say, I love my team right now. Who you um, got? Who you got? Who you so got? I got the fourth pick. Took Mike take? Trout. Okay. With Who was four. there? Who was there? How'd it go? Uh, it, go? It, was, it was Soto, Cole, Turner, DeGrom, Bieber. Whoa. Oh. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Who went one, two, three is what I'm asking. Oh, it was uh, Tatis uh, Betts Acuna. Got it. Soto. And, and you went Trout over Soto? Man, Trout. Let me tell you, man. This is a total Ian. I've spent too much time with you. Um, Trout coming back in a pandemic like three days after he had his child. Uh, that's a mentality that I want on my best ball team. That dude would play through I, anything. I thought he was going to take like a month off and be like, all right, you know, I don't want to bring anything into the house. Uh, you know, I want to be super careful. Oh my God. Like just, I had a baby. I know what that's like. You just want the baby to sleep mm-hmm. on you like every day forever. And you nap with it and then wake up and think you dropped the baby. Like, I, I can't imagine <laughs> like two days later being like, I'll see you later. I got to go. I got to go play alongside Justin Upton now. I mean, what a story. Like the 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 choice of Trout and Soto is so gorgeous. It's really great. I, really, these top, the top five is so awesome this year. I think you could stretch just, it out to six and put Cole in there, depending on how you want to build your team. I just don't love the park. I, I And I don't like Cole so much more than I like DeGrom and Bieber, especially he, he wasn't great last year. I mean, he was he was great. I'm sorry. He was great, but he wasn't as great. And, you know, I think Gary Sanchez framing pitches matters, and Gary Sanchez ain't great at that. Yeah. Good for fantasy, though. Yeah, true. Uh, a lot of strikeouts early on. So, mm. but I guess if you're looking at Bieber and DeGrom, you're kind of in that neighborhood anyway. Uh, I came back around. I took Walker Bueller. I took him ahead of you, Darvish. Uh, I was going to take Bryce Harper, but he was off the board. Uh, like Bo Bichette was there, I think, next on the in the queue. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It was just like that, that second pick, if you have the fourth, is kind of like I didn't want Trevor Bauer. Uh, I don't love Cody no. Bellinger. Uh, Lindor, I think, was gone. Darvish, yeah, must have been. Darvish, I don't know. I'm just not feeling Darvish this year in San Diego. Maybe just a little over. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Gilito, I don't trust. Harper, I would have loved, like I said. Bichette, I don't trust yet. Machado's just going to... You know what I would have done? Yeah. What I'm doing, going crazy is Mondesi. I, I yeah, just think Mondesi. I mean, I had a, I, I did a lot. Guys, I did a lot of podcasts while, since our last show. I did a lot of fantasy baseball podcasts. I did the CBS show with Frank and with Frankie and with Scott White. Uh, which was fun, a Dynasty podcast, and then did Ariel Cohen's podcast with his partner, Reuven, who was very helpful to me because he's an orthopedist and he gave oh, me no. free consultation. <laughs> yes, because I messed up my shoulder. I totally, I, 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 I've been living with a separated shoulder for the last two months. I didn't, or a separated AC joint. Because, and I was on with Reuven and Dr. Tom, my boy, Dr. Thomas Scott, our boy, I should say. And I was just like, you know, the shoulder thing. I mean, I've just, I've taken more Advil. I should buy stock for God's sake. Dr. Thomas Scott is a pediatrician. I know, but say, yeah, but he understands the human body. He does say that all the time. He's like, you know, it's not my expertise to, you know, because I work with kids. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, like, and he's, he's, he's pediatrician just, of the year, under the radar, pediatrician of the year. He's so great, man. What I mean, he's such a great guy and great asset to have everyone should start a podcast and just get thomas scott to be on call because it's just a wonderful thing to have when you're a parent he's a good dude so just yeah if if you can go out um become a famous actor and then parlay that into being friends with pediatricians (laughs) through your baseball podcast that's the way to do it yeah really moderately moderately (laughs) famous i mean (laughs) the lowest end of famous actor you can be but yes okay fine as you guys know Um, i'm back in syracuse and my parents we watched bull on dvr last night with my parents and every time i do it i think of you which you watch the new the new bull yeah yeah no they're they're going through the old bull uh catalog (laughs) (laughs) we just watched my family just watched cool runnings did you ever see cool runnings let's ask dvr that because he hasn't said a word in the first six minutes here 
he talks a lot on rates and barrels and he's right. so good. People love DVR so much. And you know what? They're right. Uh, I've seen cool runnings. <laughs> we gave you that opening. Did you like cool runnings? Yeah. I mean, it came out when I was probably 10 years old. So yeah, I liked that movie. Have you had any further thoughts DVR about Bull Durham? Uh, no, not really. I think okay. I've yeah, you got, got a pretty, pretty good assessment that. of it. Yeah. People, people are people Mike the are, mouth. was oh, not a fan of that. I, I got yeah, that's true. And I got hit pretty hard because I called Major League a seven point five, which I actually thought was quite nice. I thought that was quite fair. Seven point five. I mean, that's a pretty good movie, actually. Seven point five. Well, yeah. What's what's your scale? I mean, all movies ever. It can't be any higher than that if you're just creating it against like really serious like all time classics. Ben Hur, Goodfellas, and Schindler's lists are tens, right? And Tootsie is a ten. Then you know, seven point five is pretty good. I think. Midnight Run is a 9.4. You guys want to know who I picked in the third? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Dr. Tom. A, you know, why don't you shout him out? If people live in the upstate New York area, they can go to Dr. Thomas Scott. Mike Trout. If you live in the upstate New York area, you want to go to Dr. Thomas Scott. He also works, his, works out constantly. He's a Peloton fiend. And he's like, why don't you come and do Peloton with me? And I was like, because I'm lazy and because I don't need to be on camera anymore. So I'm not going to do that, but I should do that. All right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> here we go. That. Who'd you get in the third round? Who'd so, you get in the third? Ozzy Albies was the top of my queue, but I went and yes. I, took, I took Luis Robert instead. Ooh, a real okay. bear, however we're saying it. I just couldn't resist it. Was DJ it. LeMahieu? Was DJ LeMahieu there? I didn't even look. I can. Well, actually, let me, I can look at the draft order. Hold on. DVR and I did the RotoWire magazine draft. When did we do that, Derek? Mm, before Christmas. Was it? It was like right before Christmas or something. It feels. Like, it feels still very. And and I took DJ LeMahieu. I was the. I had the. Sixth pick, I want to say. Yeah, because I took Trey Turner in the first, and I took Walker Bueller at 25 in the second, and then came back to me at 36, and LeMahieu was there. And I went, you know what? I want DJ LeMahieu at this price. LeMahieu's what do you gone. think of that, Derek? LeMahieu was gone by the time I picked. Derek, what do you think of DJ LeMahieu in the sort of mid-third round area? I think he's like a good floor guy no matter where he plays, but I think to return value where he's going and where you took him, I think he has to stay in New York. I, I think he fits the part He needs perfectly. that right field porch. What do you mean? Yeah. He, he was in Colorado for it. Well, yeah, I guess you're right, the porch. The porch. He, he And he really uses that to great effect. I mean, it, it brings a lot of home power. But I mean, I, he was his ADP is 28.44 right now, and I got him at 36. So, But also, here's why I did it. Second base is such a kind of... Oh, who's that? Wait, that's, that's a reminder to do sit-ups with my son. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's a little wobbly so we start, I started doing sit-ups uh, let's put, invite getting, him into the podcast just do him, do the podcast while you're doing the sit-ups and have him hold the mic yeah, I mean, I'm not doing the sit-ups he's doing the sit-ups right. um, but, but second base is such a wasteland it really is it's not a good position and to get somebody who you can stick there so that then and then the flexibility of second base first base third base is really valuable I think I don't think you should have any shame in the dings going off. It's yeah, normal human I'm, behavior. It's I'm pandemic. I'm going to really have to. I'm going to have to really uh, shut down everything apparently because now it's coming through on my iPad, which is no fun. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, DJ, anyway. DJ LeMahieu was the fifth pick of the second round in this draft. Right. Yeah. It's. I, I don't. I don't advocate for that. I, I think that's too high because that's like fifth pick. That's like the fifteenth pick. You went ahead of Bryce Harper. No. 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 Uh, ahead of Lucas Giolito, Lindor, Walker Bueller. No. I mean, uh, Real Muto, Arenado, Darby. Yeah, he went pretty high. Ahead. I would consider that high. Yeah, I would too. Ahead of Mondesi. I would take Mondesi. Sorry. I'm, I, I got into a nice argument about... I want to ask you guys this. I want to ask both of you guys this. Who brings back more value in 2021 dollars? And it includes injury risk. It includes everything. Okay? In 5x5 five five Roto, who do you have bring back more value this year? And how close is it? J.D. Martinez or Alberto Mondesi? Uh, definitely Mondesi. I think Martinez okay. is. I think Martinez is going to be hobbled by back issues. I, with inside injuries, they I learn a lot from them, and I think his back issues are are going to be chronic and not go away for a while. Okay, DVR. I think Mondesi earns more, but I think J.D. Martinez is very underpriced right now. Where do you have him? Where what? Where do you have him ranked in your top one hundred hitters? Top two hundred hitters. I'm sorry. Uh, I've got him 39th, so I mean, I'm much higher than 
the field in terms of like where he goes in a lot of Why? rooms. Look at the track record, you know? I, I think it's it's one of those things where you can't take a partial season with all the things that we know about 2020 and just say, J.D. Martinez isn't J.D. Martinez anymore. I think you can look at it and say there are signs of decline. I think you can look at it and say that he's not an elite top 20 overall type hitter anymore, but it seems weird to me that he would just completely fall apart. He was among the players talking about how the lack of in-game video really hurt his preparation. So I just see, I see a great floor still there. I think part of the issue is that in a lot of leagues, he's UT only. So now he kind of falls into the Nelson Cruz, Jordan Jordan Alvarez cluster. And I, I think all three of those guys are undervalued in the early drafts I've been in because the elite hitters who are UT only are always undervalued. I don't know why people are so worried about having the UT spot blocked. I mean, if you're getting someone who's a top 30 or top 40 hitter at a top 75 to top 90 sort of price, that's great. You want that hitter. You can get flexibility elsewhere in your lineup. You just mentioned with DJ LeMahieu being multi-position eligible, you could find a few guys that move around, and that gives you just as much flexibility as you'd have if you had waited to fill the UT with someone who's not as good as those guys, and you were just cycling your best available hitter from your bench into that spot. That is so fascinating. You know, we talk about Joey Gallo, right? If you're going to take Joey Gallo, you got to find a good balance to that average issue. How about that? Have people written an article about that? Talking about if you're going to take, because of the glut, I mean, there's four, I mean, I think four, would we say four premium DHs that are available in drafts this year? Is that right? Four? Yeah. Cruz, Alvarez, JD, and Stanton. Yeah. That's four possible elite hitters that if you're going to go that route, there's value in getting yourself LeMahieu and getting the outfield for the Hunter Dozers of the world, that that's how you you could build your team around that. Those, in a way, those four you? utilities are very scary. They each have like, I think that's going to be the problem. with you. It's not a strategic utility question. And I guess that's what happens when you're DH only, but those four guys all have issues that they bring with them. Mostly injury, um, but Cruz age at some point. It's got it's got to catch up with him at some point, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Um, I mean, Alvarez's knee is never going to be right. No, he's running on a treadmill. Uh, okay, so he's he's getting better. So and he's not going to be. I actually think he's going to get some time at first base eventually, and he he may he may find some space. I, I don't think Stanton. I don't think they put Stanton back out in the field ever again. He's too dangerous. But I don't know. I, I this idea. I like this idea of building your team that way. Saying, okay, I'm going to get myself like really three multi eligibility players, guys like a Tommy Edmond, even you know who's going to have second base, shortstop, and third base this year, uh, and then throw an outfield first baseman, outfield third baseman out there as well. Then, then you don't have to worry because I always it drives me crazy to get a util spot because I I just feel I feel somewhat boxed in. But I think DVR just came up with a really good idea on how to you know fix that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. DVR, are you going to incorporate that into any leagues this year? You mean just like building teams that way? Like I, had, I, I sort of build the teams with that mindset all the time. I guess that's just sort of part of the the core process that I have. Like I'm, I'm looking for that flexibility because I, I see a lot of value in those UTs. Do you? I mean, is it more of an auction or draft thing? Actually, 
It works in both. I guess it works in both, but I mean, is one more prevalent? Like an auction where you can go get anybody, sure. And because these guys are top heavy, they're not going to be like dollar days in a lot of these drafts. So you know what I mean? Like you, you you have to. That's eight nine dollars, which is kind of dead zone for the Larry Schechter kind of acolytes who, you know, do stars and scrubs. Eight nine is not. They're not going that low. None of them are going to go for eight or nine. You think Jordan Alvarez is going to go for eight or nine dollars in a fifteen? I think Jordan Alvarez is going to go for more than that. They'll go for twenty. For fifty? Yeah. Oh no, really? But fifteen to twenty? Maybe not twenty, but certainly fifteen. Yeah. I mean, I was reading last year like his knees will never be right, like you know, bone on bone kind of stuff, like arthritic kind of knee stuff, like that. That scares a lot of people off. I get it, but the upside on him is remarkable. I mean, the power upside is insane and as is the average upside i mean he was he was the best hitter in baseball for that last two months of that season of 2019 i mean he he was like he was like a video game player you know yeah and then he's like some guy you create i guess if you had him last year in the truncated season like those are the only people who are uh basically gonna hate him you know like i I, bought him last year by him hard I got burned by him last year too in one league. I think it was GDD. I drafted him. Um, and I think I paid, I don't remember what I paid. I think I paid eight bucks for him because the idea was that you're only going to get half a season out of him is, was the expectation that you get nothing out of him. I'll buy him again this year. Okay. I would. In fact, of the four of them, how would you rank those? Nando? Uh, how, how would you rank the, the, the DH guys? I think I put Stanton first. I would put Cruz. Now I think I go Stanton, Alvarez, <laughs> Cruz, and then Martinez a distant fourth, with the top wow. three with the top three kind of bunched together. How about that? It's a choice. I find, well, I find the top three close. I mean, if Stanton can stay healthy, he'll have an amazing season. And if uh, Nelson Cruz really can could. fight off aging, he'll have an amazing. season. If Jordan Alvarez's knee is fine and he doesn't have rust from not playing at all last year, I mean, last time Jordan Alvarez played regularly was 2019 at this point, and who knows when the season's going to start. So he's going to start when it starts on May 1st. Like that's a huge gap of not facing major league pitching. DVR, what's your, what's your, what's your list? What's your ranking? I've got Cruz and then JD and Alvarez and then Stanton. But I mean, they're all reasonably close together for me. Like, they're all inside my top 50 hitters. Right. It's interesting. I'm going to go. God, this is tough. It's really tough. It's like you flip everybody around. I wish I had an answer for this. That was more obvious. Um, I, 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 I'm oddly going to go Cruz last. Uh, I'm going to go Stanton. Oh my God. Am I going to go Stanton first? That's crazy. Oh, that's well, so that's crazy. crazy for the Johnny Yankees fan to pick Stanton first. It's strange. <laughs> it's, no, but it's, that's not why I promise. That's not why, but I, I just think he's going to stay healthy. And I think he could hit 50 home runs. I think he can hit 55 home runs. Um, and I think that he's, they're going to be really careful with him. They're going to treat him like the piece of glass that he is, unfortunately. Um, so Stanton won. Um, oh man, Alvarez two, JD Martinez three, and Nelson Cruz four. <laughs> so you laughed that's at mine, so, and we have basically the same rankings. Right? I know. That's Thanks, true. Thanks, Fred. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I mean, I was like, I, yeah, that's crazy, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that all four of them have value, and I think that under the under the radar like advice is if go get one and then but build around it, like plan to get your. No, don't overspend on DJ LeMahieu, but see if you can grab him. I mean, who are some of the other guys that have that kind of multi-eligibility moving forward? The Whitmerfields, the the Biggios, although I'm not so in love with him personally. Um, a lot of these guys are kind of bizarre, but like Dominic Smith or Jeff McNeil, uh, Dylan Moore, and Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond would be would be very helpful. It, it, that's what I think I would do. And I'm not even sure that Tommy Edmond's going to have such a great season. But you get Tommy Edmond on your team around where he's being picked and you marry him with that because he's got second base, third base, shortstop and outfield. That'll cover you up. That'll, that'll make things a little simpler. So you know, who's an interesting uh, utility guy. Actually past those four is where it gets fun. I think just looking at DVR, his rankings at five, he's got Otani at six. He's got Fran Mil Reyes and at seven, he's got Willie Calhoun though that, and actually Miguel Cabrera at eight uh, with that new coaching staff, you know, an analytics based coaching staff, Maybe could coax uh, another 320 home run season out of him. Who knows? Right? I mean, maybe. But I mean, like, maybe. O- the Otani, Reyes, Calhoun, and Cabrera are four that I would probably have on my team before the other guys. I would take Reyes. I-, I have to ask you about this. Instead of, DVR. not before. You know what I mean. 
I prefer. Yeah, yeah, but why would you? Why do you have Otani ahead of Reyes? Because Reyes is going to play. We think every day, and Otani probably not. Right. Yeah, I think with Reyes, I'm not convinced that the average we saw in the shortened season, and we saw it in 2018 for what it's worth. I don't think he's a 275, 280 guy. I think he's 250, 260. Mm-hmm. Big yeah, power. Right. It's a more replaceable skill set. I think that lineup could start to fall apart if they trade Lindor. They've already mm-hmm. lost Carlos Santana. The counting stats might not pile up quite the same way in Cleveland. They don't replace mm-hmm. those guys. So I don't know. I'm probably picking Mitts at this point, um, but that's to me, a more replaceable skill set. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just made a trade, and I made a trade over the break uh, in Dynasty, and yes, it was on the phone with uh, Dean Peterson. <laughs> well, I, was, I was say it like that. Dean Peterson. It's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, dear. Um, I understand the movie, reference. The yeah. I, I know the reference. I've seen okay. Ferris <laughs> Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen Midnight Run. So uh, neither of you have. Oh, I watched it the other um, night, actually, with my parents. He's a liar. He's a he's a liar. But it's an interesting trade. We traded um, Tommy Edmond and Leotis Tavares, Leoti Tavares, sorry, for Shohei Otani and Jamer Candelario, and we got a couple of picks as well. What's Otani's deal in that? Otani, it's a, it's it's the CBS like you can only use him in one spot, but you format. can use him in either given the week, right? right? But you can't use him in both. And it's a weekly league. And I did it with the kind... We did it. Robert Mershak, my partner in the league, good man. Um, we did it he's to... Almost, he was, he's almost at sound effect level, actually. Is he? Cool. I've heard his name uh, like at least three or four he, times. Robert Mershak, he's an opera... He's a, he's an agent for opera singers. Nice. So it would have to be like Robert Mershak. Something like that. All right. I don't know. Well, if DBR, are you okay that. with that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't know, it sounds like DVR yeah. doesn't like Robert Marshak. That's what it sounds like to me. No. It, no, I was taking a drink of coffee. So I was, <laughs> yeah. No, there was a, a there's, there's no reason not to like Robert Marshak. He's a really oh, good guy. But um, but what do you think of the trade? Edmund and Leoti for Otani and Candelario. We did get some nice picks. Second round pick, a third round pick, and a fifth round pick. I was going to let DVR go because he hasn't been talking. I like the Otani side of that trade. I mean, I think Edmund is fine glue guy I am not convinced mm-hmm. that we'll ever see a season as good as his first season with the Cardinals uh, that versatility is nice I mean with Tavares I could see him ending up in the bottom third of that lineup even though he has speed could be a nice source of stolen bases I think with Otani here's why I'm a little higher on him than most I think the Angels have gone through the two-way player effort to the point where they can now say if it doesn't work out early in 2021 they can make Otani a regular hitter and just stop with the two-way player thing. If it works, then that's fine too. So I just think being at the point where they're finally going to make a decision or have it start to work, that makes me feel better about Otani's overall value and usage. Yep. That thank you. That is exactly what I was thinking. And with the upside, well, go ahead, Nando. Sorry. Oh no, I wasn't, I wasn't about to jump in at all. You're hearing. Okay. No, I just was like, <laughs> I asked what you thought of the trade. DVR gave his opinion, but I'll, I'll just back that up. And that was exactly what I was thinking. I also thought back to the trade that you and I made with James Anderson, ding, uh, two years ago, where we gave you Shohei Otani um, for Max Scherzer and Aaron Hicks back in the day. And I just thought it's such a good time to buy Otani in a dynasty league for this purpose, right? He's going to come back and he's going to pitch. I did watch film on him pitching in 2018. Gosh, I think it was 2018, right? 2018, I think. Yeah. And his stuff is nasty. I mean, his his splitter is like 91. I mean, it's silly how good he looks as a pitcher. But he was so bad last year that if he does fail early, I think that they're going to do what you said. And I think they're going to move him to right field. And he's going to use his gun of an arm in right field. And, or maybe first base. No, probably not first base because I think they like Jared Walsh. But if he can put the pitching together, he can be an ace. And he's still only 24, 25. So I, that's how I saw it. I saw it was just a tremendous amount of upside. Edmund, I agree, is a nice glue piece to have on a team. And Leody Tavares is sexy right now. So that's when you sell in Dynasty Leagues, when people want the guy. Because in that Rotowire draft, Leody Tavares went and Paul Spore was like, no. And I was like, yes. Because <laughs> when people want a guy, I didn't take him, but somebody else took him. I think it was Clay who took him. But like it's that's when you can get the most for the guys, and that's the job. Buy low, sell high. 
That's what you want to do. Uh, I find it interesting that you traded away Edmund, and you've mentioned him twice already in the show as someone you really like. Um, so we, I, 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 like he's your guy, right? Like I assume if you're, he seems like he's your guy. He's not my guy. Uh, he's a guy I picked up off the wire in twenty. Gosh, I think it was twenty nineteen, right? Uh, when he came up, um, and he's a guy that I that is valuable. I, I am not drafting Tommy Edmund. The value of Tommy Edmund is if you're going to take one of the Nelson Cruz, JD Martinez guys. That that's where I see value for Tommy Edmund. Otherwise, I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Tommy Edmund, and I think he's fine. I think he's a fine player. He belongs at second base on your fantasy team. Sure, maybe middle infield spot. Sure, you know, no question. A nice a nice piece, but. Leody Tavares is the guy who could come back and bite us, and I don't think he will bite us as much as Otani might lift us. And I definitely, I am so much higher on Jimer Candelario. I mean, Robert Mershak is like, can you stop with the Jimer Candelario? I was like, no, we won't. What is it? Because you know what it is for me? Um, new coaching staff, and Jose Cruz Jr. is their hitting coach now, which I would love to see Candelario break out, break out for real, as well as, um, uh, oh, crap. He's my favorite guy in the world, and I can't remember his name now. Christian, um, uh, Christian Stewart. Stewart. Uh, Christian Stewart, thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks. Christian Stewart. Jammer Candelaria already broke out. Yeah, but he didn't sustain it. If you, hey, if you want to argue he did, go ahead. I, I just think he his hard hit rate, his the underlying numbers, he's at 80, 86 on the hard hit rate, 73 on exit velocity, 78 on XBA, 70 on slugging. Uh, XWOBA is 72, barrel 68. He's becoming, he's becoming, and he's got dual eligibility. I just like the way he plays the game. And and he was the throw-in on the other side. And he had an amazing 2020. If you extrapolate those numbers out, he had a great 2020. Yeah. But no one pays attention to that. I do. I mean, are you, but you know what I mean? Like trade partners, people. Like if we're just talking right. straight well, value. Well, he didn't want him. He he was on his block. He was sitting on his block. Oh, right. Otani wasn't on the block. I had to call him to get Otani on the block. But Candelario was on the block. So I was like, all right, if he's on the block, it means you don't value him that much. And I mean, some guys, like I just put you Darvish on the block in that league. I value him, obviously. But then there are guys like at the bottom of your, your – that's a good thing to look at on somebody's trade block. Like see the guys who are kind of medium value players – if they're on the block, it means they don't value them that much. It's a it's a it's a sign, you know. If if Rowdy Telez is out there on the Rowdy Telez was on the the wire uh, on the uh, on somebody's trade block, somebody threw him a fourth round pick for him. That's right, all right. And that's a you know. So obviously, it's like well, you're not seeing what everybody else is seeing. So yeah, I'll take him. That's something to look out for in Dynasty League. Sorry to people who don't play Dynasty leagues. I know we some people are like, why do you talk about Dynasty League so much? Because that's what. I do. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're if you're talking dynasty leagues, you're talking about players who are going to be good in two or three years, which is good to get on the radars of people who play regular fans. That's true. Too. You know, yep, like these are names true. that I'd be. You know, I oh, remember when Ian talked about that guy six months ago. So yep. you know, yeah. as long as we're Sounds contextualizing good. it. Um, by the way, we got we got a really good question on Twitter that I wanted to hit up um, because I like I was I hadn't thought about it at all. I don't think anyone's talking about it. Uh, I think you guys were tagged in it. It was from Joey DeClerc. And he wrote, uh, seems like an undiscussed element of 2020's wonkiness is the repetition of competition. Players who maybe struggled later on just had too much exposure to the same pitchers over and over. And is 60 games enough for counter adjustments? Um, I thought it was smart. I actually like that. So that's my kind of theorizing. DVR, have you, has that, did you see that? And did it like it click in your head? Like, oh, that's an interesting uh, topic. I hadn't really thought about the repetition of the schedule in the sense of players making adjustments or failing to make adjustments, but I, I know that the makeup of the schedule definitely had a profound impact on the shortened season uh, mm -hmm. with the central division teams not going outside the central, <laughs> especially with pitching. Like that to me is one of the biggest ways it, it shapes some seasons. Uh, so, man, I, I'm trying to think about it. Like, I, I think it's, it's another one of those wrinkles of 2020, you know, not, like not seeing other competition that, needs to be factored in and it's another reason why I'm waiting 2020 less than I'm typically waiting the season that we just finished it's it still matters like I said earlier there's still things we can learn from it but we have to be careful about the conclusions we draw from last season I agree I don't think Ian does well 
it's interesting. I actually think it's count. I, I definitely agree about the central. And I think that somebody like Kenta Maeda getting to face the Tigers, the Royals, the, you know, the, the bad brewers, like things like that was very helpful to him in becoming a top 10 pitcher, or top five pitcher, or whatever he was. Um, and I think that Shane Bieber also had that upside, right? Whereas someone like Garrett Cole, who we're talking about earlier, it was facing better teams every day, as opposed to Shane Bieber um, or Kenta Maeda. Uh, but I actually think it goes the other way. I mean, seeing pitchers more often, typically, I think, m- makes it easier for the batter because they get to see their stuff and they get they get a better vibe on that. So I, I don't know that that quite tracks for me. Am I am I am I missing something there? Well, no, no. You actually maybe you're making the argument the same argument just from a different lens. You know what I mean? Like it, it benefited the okay. other side, but it's still the idea that they kept facing each other over and over again. That the familiarity breeds contempt. I think at some point <laughs> Tristan Cockcroft did did something with analysis, looking at you, sometimes teams play a series in the consecutive weeks, so you see a pitcher like really close together, even in a long season. And I thought the same thing that Ian did, where I thought, okay, that's advantage hitter. You know, if you get eight looks at a guy over the span of two weeks, those fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth looks should be a lot better and more productive for the hitter. And I think Tristan's research at the time, this was a few years ago, was actually inconclusive. It didn't have a clear correlation that there was an advantage to the hitter getting to see that pitcher more times, which definitely surprised me. Hmm, That surprises me. It does. It surprises me for sure. Because I know even in Little League, like once you see a pitcher, and obviously it's different in Little League and Major League, but like, but in Little League, if you've seen, I've seen this guy, I know how he throws. Like, I know the ball's not going to be coming at my head. You know, for Little League guys, that's that's a big question all the time. You know, I'm, 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 and this is going to sound like a commercial for the athletic, but it's not, but I mean, it inadvertently is. I think the most important thing for this coming fantasy baseball season is going to be reading the crap out of the right beat writers. Who are asking the questions about what these minor like Jen McCaffrey uh, wrote a great piece halfway through the season last year about how the Red Sox their minor league camp they were live streaming the games like their exhibition games you could watch um, mm. I, I think it's going to be stuff like that that you're going to have to rely on what they hear uh, what the coaches say who is good because forget about dynasty just you know some of the guys who weren't in the pool and didn't even make it up and were at the alternate camp and stuff I mean they played. And they have results, and it's obviously not normal results, but, I mean, someone's going to be able to say this guy crushed the ball in the alternate camp last year. Um, yeah, that be that that would be very helpful to know. Like Ryland Bannon. It would be helpful to know the inside of the who? Uh, Ryland Bannon. Who's that? Uh, official prospect of Under the Radar. Who's that? The guy in the Orioles whose cards we're all buying. What? <laughs> we're all? Uh, well, it's, it's a, if one does, you are do so it. all in on this dude. How much did you spend on? How much? How high did you get on this card? Uh, Fourteen dollars. I went for one hundred fourteen dollars. Someone's for, buying a Ryland Bannon card for one hundred and fifty bucks. There's no one is there. buying a Ryland Bannon card for one hundred and fifty bucks. I sent you a screenshot. They, they, come on, this is not. Oh, I love I baseball mean, cards, but if Ryland Bannon cards are cracking a hundred dollars, something's wrong with that. Well, something well, I mean, is like, wrong. This is like a super rare autographed PSA ten graded refractor out of twenty five kind of thing. But still, but 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 he he what? Who is he? I mean, he's I mean, amazing. What's he gonna he's, be? he's Jose Altuve. He's a fourth outfielder. I'm going to be so wrong on this. I'm going to be so wrong on this. This is the guy that Nando's going to be like. And, and you don't take him before the twentieth round. In any draft this year. <laughs> no. Okay. I think I could take him in like 48 and still be three rounds yes. ahead of everybody else. There you go. In a 50 in a fifty team draft, if you take him at 48, you'll get him because nobody else is going to take He's him. He's also an infielder. Is he on the list? Is he on? See, he shows you. I'm just, well, on what list? Is he on the ADP list? Oh, I don't think so. I, could, I, didn't even, I didn't even think to look. I think we have to look. Bannon. Nope. Wow. He is not in the top. dollars 1076. And he's $150 for one of his cards, yeah. That's okay. I okay. That's just weird. Uh, maybe there's a college maybe, you know, maybe someone's someone. Okay, but here here's what I would do. And I'm not in the baseball card game. You are in the baseball card game. Well, the baseball card game and the fantasy game are almost the same thing. It I get it. I would take how many of those how many cards do you have of, of RB? I probably have 10. And I haven't spent more than $8 with shipping on any of them. Except for the one you got for $14. No, I was I bid 14 
And <laughs> three days later, it sold for 150. Okay. 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 All right. Um, please put those cards up on eBay right now. No, absolutely not. I'm gonna wait two years. Okay. When he's but, Jose Altuve, but, but, and they're worth you know forty, fifty dollars each. Okay. Okay. Hey, and that's the fun. That's of the whole point. That is the fun. Of yeah. Well, hey, I get on, it. Man. That's that's the fun. Of it. No, 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 I get friends. it. I kind of do get it. No, no, I get it. I get it. I do. Get you it. would you love should, this. You should really get into this, man, because you would love this. I'm kind of. I, I kind of. You know, I do have our Demarcus Evans signed mint card that I bought. That's pretty cool. I'm excited about that, especially with the trade of Rafael Montero to the Seattle Mariners, which I actually think I just want to say this because I said it on another podcast, but I think it, it's worth saying. That trade of Montero, I'm curious what you guys think of this. That trade of Montero suggests to me that Jared Kalenic is going to be up early this year. Okay. Because what they're saying with that trade, if you're going to trade for a closer, think of it like in Dynasty Leagues, you don't buy closers unless you're trying to win. Yeah. So they went out and they bought a closer. Yeah, but Jerry DePoto does this stuff all the time. That's like his thing. Okay, maybe. But but what my point is, I the, the larger point is that it, for me, that raises Kalanick's ADP up. What do you think, DVR? Is that is that anything there? I think they were probably going to bring him up early anyway. So yeah, maybe it just it falls in line with the narrative. Like they believe he's ready, and they probably believe that Julio Rodriguez is ready or close to ready too. I think it's both of them. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's just. Kel- I don't think it's just Kellenic. I think it's both. I feel like maybe I'm way off on this, but I feel like Kellenic is earlier than Rodriguez, like a year earlier. Rodriguez uh, is he healthy? Well, he wasn't last year, and that's part of the reason why. Like, I think that if he didn't have the the really bad injury, I don't remember what it was. Didn't he hurt his shoulder diving for a ball or something? It was a shoulder, arm, or... fractured wrist. All right, yeah, that's that was when he when that happened. I was like, ooh, all right, so twenty twenty two now, as opposed to twenty twenty one. Whereas Kalenic, I think, can come up in twenty twenty one. I don't know that he's going to light the world on fire, but he'll he'll be good. Yeah, but I mean, like that goes back to like what happened last. Like maybe he sucked last year in that camp, and he's got adjustments to make against you know whatever. Well, it wasn't major it league wasn't pitching. The sound, but it wasn't the sound. No, what, I know. what people were making in in Seattle. Um, the, the memory I have is that he was doing very well, and he's such a young boy. That Mets trade is just. A, I mean, have we even talked about Steve Cohen? Have we mentioned that that the, the New York Mets are freaking awesome now and they're going to be freaking awesome for the next 10 years are they they got lucky with cano yeah they got hugely lucky with cano but that trade is so bad now you've got a guy who's i mean maybe diaz can be special as a closer but maybe not and the cano contract which you did get lucky saved 20 million there but boy oh boy that trade is terrible let me ask you something sinister terrible let me ask dvr this because he's had uh you know once in a while dvr gets evil dvr you know goatee dvr I like I like when he does that. If you like when he gets it. if you're an owner of a team, right, and you owe a guy seventy million dollars, would you pay someone like two million dollars to sneak some illegal substances into his whatever? Ooh, <laughs> would would I do that? Me, if I became very I'm just wealthy, saying, if you're, if you're a, team? a ruthless, you know, oh billionaire God. owner, would you would you consider that if like a dude is totally washed and you're like, you know, I haven't pay a guy oh seven million to save sixty three? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not do that. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say that's impossible because because yeah, you're afraid you get caught, or you just that's the that's world we live in. <laughs> I'm just why would I? I'm not going to sabotage this person. It's a human being. I think he you know there are some questions that you know they're coming out of somebody's mouth, and you're like, huh? I wonder how close this one's going to be. Huh? Maybe 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 he might do something like this. As soon as that question came out, I was like, no, the guy does charity drafts for food banks. Who Robinson Cano? No, Dark Van Riper. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're asking the wrong guy that question. You can ask me the same same answer for me, uh, straight up same answer. But boy, oh boy. Well, I guess here's here's where we should go, Nando. Yeah. If you were the owner of a baseball team yeah. and you owed a guy, let's say someone like Chris Davis from the Baltimore Orioles, another sixty million dollars, and he's already gotten it, you know, would you slip something illegal? It cost you like two million, so that he would get suspended the way Robinson Cano did. No, I wouldn't do. I mean, Chris Davis, I think, is only on uh, fifty next or eighty next, right? <laughs> okay, so Cano was Cano was full season. <laughs> okay, would you do it to someone like Robinson Cano? I mean, if he's a jerk, but probably not. <laughs> I probably wouldn't. You know, it's 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 you knew that coming in what you were inheriting. Uh, you know. Ugh. The way that Brody Van Wagoner, is that how you say his name? I would trade oh Robinson God. Cano for Chris Davis over and over and over again. Every month I would do it just to entertain the fans. 
would trade Robinson Cano for Chris Davis. Straight I would have up. a standing. I would have a standing agreement with uh, with Baltimore, and I would say, look, on the first of every month, we're going to trade these guys back and forth. Just what are we going <laughs> to do? You know what would be interesting is to go over like who are the, what are the worst contracts in baseball right now, right now. So Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera have to be the top two, right? That are left. Cano Cabrera, has to be up there. Cabrera's. No. You know what you were getting. This is the tail end. This is this is what was always going to happen. I mean, he's yeah, older but- now. No, no. How old no, is Cano? Cano's thirty-seven. He's gonna be. This is his season, age thirty-seven season. I'm almost sure of that. Man, that happened because last year was his age thirty-six. And not really. I mean, he's been around for fifty. You know, he, I didn't he's think he was the same age as Miguel Cabrera, though. Yeah, but Miggy, how many years does Miggy have left? I mean, four years left. Another bad contract is Brandon Crawford. That fifteen million dollar contract in San, San Francisco is just. Certainly, I mean, I, he's actually great in the field, so like he brings a little bit there. But boy, oh boy, I mean, that's just being paid for past performances. Just that's why free agents, free agency has died down so much because baseball owners really got screwed by all these big contracts that they gave out. Yeah, but they wanted them for they wanted the front loaded young years, and they were okay with paying them out when they got old, which was going to happen. Okay, it's not like well, it sucked yeah. immediately, right? Uh, no, no, it's fair. It's fair. It's just, but that's why you're not seeing the big contracts anymore. It's just really hard to find. And I, I worry about that with Garrett Cole, but still, it's great to have him for sure. Yeah. But, but that's, I don't know, an aging first baseman. Don't pay him off. Just let him go. DVR, Cardinals were right. What if I told you there was a guy who hit 250 with 10 home runs last year in 57 games, walked 24 times, struck out 51. Does that a few guys that do that. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a nice player. It's not a not a star, but a nice player. That's Miguel Cabrera. Serviceable for deep mixed leagues. He's a corner guy, right? He's going to be in the heart of the order. The lineup might be a little better. He's UT only coming in. Uh, that's right. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't have that. You know what? So in that case, ugh, it's only one spot you can play him. He might not yeah. pick up in-season eligibility at first base. Yeah. I think he's ale only at this point or like 20-team mixers. That's yep, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I dropped him. I finally th- there's a moment when I'm doing my dynasty rankings where I drop a player out of the top 400 and realize that that's it for them and they're never coming back. And when they're Hall of Fame players, it kind of hurts a little bit. Um, and sometimes they come back like Joey Votto, I think, made it back to the, you know, the high 300s recently. But when I dropped Albert Pujols out, I was like, that's a big deal. It was like two years ago I was like, or three years ago at this point. But then when I just did it with Miggy and I was like, yeah, that's it. No more for Miggy. He's out. It's kind of sad, but he's still making $25 million a year, $30 million a year. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I got caught up in a Kristen Stewart eBay wormhole. So, uh, sorry. You okay? His cards are very cheap. Autographed rookie cards are very cheap. How much are the autographed rookie cards for Kristen Stewart? You can get a, well, this, I'm only seeing like the first couple, but 2019 Topps Chrome Kristen Stewart auto rookie card, $1.29. With an hour left, which obviously okay. So a dollar twenty nine. Why buy? You don't have to bid five. Bid two. Well, you bid five, and it, you know it's like okay, two thirty nine is your highest bid at the moment. But that way, I don't have to watch this every five minutes. You know, I'll get an alert if it goes over five. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So and, and if it doesn't, if it goes to two dollars and seventy five cents, and your bid is five, do you pay five or do you bid two dollars and seventy? Do you no, get it's two, the, it's Vickery. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes some sense to me. $2.75 Christian Stewart signed rookie card. But don't make it make too much sense in the next hour and 11 minutes. Okay, so let's say he comes out this year and has a good year. Hits like 265, 20 homers, drives in 80 runs. Is a, just a good player. That seems like a reasonable, like positive sort of outcome for him. What is that card worth this time next year? 25 bucks? Um, I don't know. I don't know where the market's going to be. But yeah, let's say... Sure. This is a uh, well. It's tops chrome. It's uh, sealed with the top sticker. It's a redemption card. Um, yeah, it wouldn't. It, we were talking like three years from now when he's hit like thirty-five home runs in a couple of those seasons, uh, and maybe is one of like goes to sign with the Yankees. That's the path that you want, according to Michael Salfino, who's been my guru for all of this. You know, just a wonderful guru. I'm not sure that there's enough ceiling in Christian yeah. Stewart. To make him the guy you're buying at that price, I think there are players that exist in that pool around that price point. I'm not sure he's the guy. I agree. I agree. I'm looking. I mean, you guys at, just saying this to be hurtful now. 
No, no, no. I mean, I, <laughs> no, I know. no. What we're saying is, like, you know, what would be interesting. It's like with cameo when we were doing that cameo thing, and and we, it was like, who's the underpriced? I, I, I am starting to see the value of the baseball card thing. Who is the underpriced cameo person that we can get that's going to make an impact, right? But that we don't have to spend a tremendous amount of money on, right? Right. And you got Bryce Harper's agent, Trevor Bowers. No, Trevor Bowers. Agent. Trevor Bowers. Same thing. You got Trevor. I don't really mean that. They're both good players. Good. They're great. Um. <laughs> but in baseball, in baseball card players, what did you think was going to happen? Did you think like Bryce Harper's agent was going to get angry when he heard this show and come back at you? It was just a very no. funny recovery. No, they're both great, unnecessarily. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just going to go with it. Um, but but the point is that I would love to know like, is there a place that you can look to see what are, who are the baseball players that have rookie cards that are signed and that all of the prices are right there? Like that would be interesting to me. I would actually that would really be you know there's there too many variations like I mean there's tops there's Bowman there's chrome there's refractors there's limited edition there's autograph there's all kinds of different levels where it's not it's not like a hundred of the same card it's like two of these 50 cards you know what I mean yeah all right I'm just saying you like, go to Starstock actually Starstock has a little graph that shows you how much they've sold for and what the latest sale was and how, you know what's available and stuff yeah like that. that's what okay Starstock try Starstock Okay, I got a code. But like for, someone, I got a code for you later if you want to. Uh, if you want but to like, I'd be curious. $10. Like, what what is Nate Lowe's rookie card at right now? You know what I mean? Does it go down with his value with his value dropping in Tampa Bay, and then does it shoot up by thirty percent when it goes to Texas? Well, depend. I mean, you know there, a market market plays actually a pretty decent role in this, um, and just the wantability of the guy. So, you know, a guy playing for the Marlins, Lewis Brinson, undervalued. I mean, until he starts making some noise and starts being awesome. How much is a Lewis Brinson rookie card right now? Depends on what you want, man. Like I got a couple for seven bucks the other day, post Christmas, um, autographed, numbered, stuff like that. Like I bought yes. one. I actually went a little high on Lewis Brinson. They had these holiday cards a few years ago. They had a turkey stamp on it. Um, so there are only thirty-five of each one made, and I think I paid like fourteen to eighteen dollars for that. How much is Bradley Zimmer? Do you want to just hear on Bradley Zimmer? Well, here's all you got to do. Put in Bradley Zimmer, RC Auto, into the search field in eBay. And uh, Bradley Zimmer, you can get... Well, I like to do a Bowman Chrome, auto-graded. There's $5, no bids now. But I mean, you can get his... $5 assigned? Is it signed? You can get it signed at 99 cents. There's one bid on that. That's for another eight days. Well, uh, you could probably get it for like a decent one for like 4 or $5. See, that, that would interest me. And and not just because Bradley Zimmer is an interesting player to me going into next season, which Todd Zola kind of Todd kind of busted out yesterday on Twitter. He's like, oh, my goodness, Brad Zimmer is so good because um, he's like a little under the radar guy for me this year, thinking that there's going to be space available in the Indians um, in the Indians lineup like that would be interesting to me, like to to, you know, penny stock it as opposed to $14 on Ryan Bennett. Well, this is your this is actually your fault because. When you talked me into stopping, like you know, these deep, deep sleepers, then I, I turned to. Base- I mean, there's baseball cards are deep enough where you can get like the Bradley Zimmers and the Ryland Bannons, who you can't put on your fantasy team, but you can get. You know, look if you go to Starstock, non-autographed his non-autographed cards are going for under a dollar. Starstock. By the way, this is a very good trade for you to tr- trade out. This is this is DVR. Would you agree with me on this? That. Him not doing this in fantasy baseball is will be you will make more money if you buy baseball cards than you will if you play fantasy leagues. I feel like DVR tapped out a long time ago. He's not even here anymore. <laughs> no, I'm still here. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, are you better? Are you more likely to win a league because of Christian Stewart and Bradley Zimmer, or are you more likely to make? 15 20 bucks per card because of something they do in one season. Yeah, it's it's probably the latter. You're probably more like likely to make money with baseball cards with those guys. But also he'll 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 do better in the fantasy leagues because he's not reaching for guys because he gets the, you know, the fix of finding these under the radar guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you scratch the itch with the cards and then you That's what I'm target saying. guys who are going to play more in drafts instead. Is what I'm saying. So then he wins a $100, he wins $500 for winning a league and then he uses that $500 to scratch the itch, scratch the itch. I like it. Thank you for profiling me. I love it. I love it. It's much appreciated. 
Thank you. Yes. This is fun. Starstock. Yes. Yeah, but we should get them to. Didn't we have. We got to leave. You've got a heart out. I got a heart we out. We have like all these letters from from people who want us to read letters on the. Let's air. Do, I can do. I can do another. I can go an extra five. Okay. So should we do one? Let's do Let's one. do them all. DVR, you can pick them since you haven't talked at all. These are almost full episode questions. So I, I, <laughs> there's oh. no way we can squeeze these in. All right. Just write the, read the top parts of each ones where they say they love us and then we'll go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. We'll, we'll save them for the next episode. They're, they're good okay. topics. They'll help a lot of people. All right. Next episode, uh, Matt Olson, you're in. Charles from Chicago, you're in. And, and, whoa, this is a long one. Eric Freud, you're in. That's a really long one. Yeah. Well, he says it but up he top. he met DVR at First Pitch Arizona in 2018. Yeah, look at that. So that's cool. Let's just read the PSs. <laughs> the postscripts. <laughs> Because Matt Thanks, Olson, the show. Major League is rated way, way higher than seven point five out of ten. There's, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. It, it was it was Matt, who is uh, apparently the first baseman from the from the Oakland A's, is uh, is a fan of the show. And uh, sorry, I can't go with you on that one, Matt. Uh, I'm excited to do to do your question, but no, please do send us your uh, emails and questions. And uh, secret word for the day is Mershak, M I R S H A K. We're good. Good. I think I hit that note. Why don't we actually get him to record someone doing that so we can just play it? DVR can edit it right in. When you mentioned the kids on your little league's names, uh, DVR can play the opera note instead of the last name. Listen, I am sure that Mr. I'm not going to do it. I'm just baiting you. You know what's right? We did, we like, and pull back the curtain for a second here. DVR has got to write the descriptions for everything. And us doing like 20 minutes of the utility players kind of off the off the well whatever rundown we had was just ADPs but um it was like a gift to him like that's I've had to do this stuff before and having that be like okay we talk about all the utility only players great show um and then you went and ruined it by saying this kid's name over and over again now he's got to go in and it's edit true it out. because now I've given him more work to do yeah. it's true it's true but now it's a running gag so as soon as we're done DVR and I are going to get on the phone he's going to go you really need to stop <laughs> or he's going to say it's a really good bit you can keep it going it's up to DVR he'll let me know <laughs> Uh, we gotta go. I got a hard out. All right. As as yeah, Ian go ahead. Uh, as Ian hinted, but I think it was a great show. I think it was fun and a helpful and a, just a beautiful January show. I hope everyone. Hey, else and agrees. we're back. Are we back next week? TVR. I don't. Know, looks like it's on my calendar for next week. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to get one in next week too. Okay, we gotta answer those questions. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Take us out. Take us out, Nando. For the man who loves playing with his utility, Derek Van Ryber. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that one. For the guy who owes his kid 200 sit-ups, Ian Kai. <laughs> That's me. I'm not an Afino. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Under the Radar. We'll see Good you, we'll see you next time. Bye.